Welcome to Podcasting Stories, insights and interviews from people just like you, using podcasts to grow their business and share their message. Podcasting Stories is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Dave Spray. Hi, this is David Spray, and welcome to another episode of Podcasting Stories. I have a very special guest today, Stuart Bell. Stuart is the co-founder of Your Podcast Team, along with me. And today's episode is talking about a subject that a lot of our clients have asked us about, and that is, would it make sense to do a simultaneous video recording with the audio recording so that we can release YouTube videos or do other video production? So we take a real deep dive into this and find and really answer a lot of questions. And the conclusion that we came to is that if you really want to do video and you have a finite amount of time to devote to your podcasting projects, the trade-off will be that you'll have to do far fewer audio podcasts in order to do video. We really dive into a lot of different thoughts around video and ways that the audio podcast can be used. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as Stuart and I enjoyed catching up and talking about this subject. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to the podcast. Dave, great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. So just a quick intro for the audience who may not know you. So my guest today is a very special guest, Stuart Bell. And Stuart is actually my founding or my co-founder of the our podcasting business, your podcast team. And Stuart, why don't we why don't you just talk a bit about your background? How did you end up in the the podcasting arena? Yeah, sure. It's always funny talking to someone who you know so well in the context of a podcast because you're kind of setting the scene for the listeners who are kind of joining us remotely and but talking directly to you. So it always seems a little bit like you're talking about yourself in the third person. Right, right. <laughs> but, so my background is in corporate IT for many, many years in the financial services industry. And then moved from that a little bit of a strange jump across into marketing. So I've been in the marketing space the last 10 years or so. And then as part of that, always looking for ways of helping business owners access the market, their audience better and kind of share their message, start those conversations. So we've got a number of products and services in in different realms, but podcasting is a very, very compelling channel at the moment because not only is it becoming far more accessible i mean i've been listening to podcasts for 10 years maybe and i've suddenly felt like very old yeah 10 years maybe but to begin with it was very much just technical audiences listening to it because it wasn't that easy to get to and then Mm -hmm. with the advent of the ipod and the iphone all of that made downloading RSS feeds a lot easier, but it's really only the last couple of years that it's hit mainstream in the sense of regular business owners who don't have a technical background or really a technical interest being able to develop something and create something that is very easy for them too, because no one needs another another job, particularly if it's something you're not particularly interested in the technical aspects of it. You don't want to have to jump through too many hoops. But there are tools and services that make it much more straightforward. So with a, a marketing hat on, thinking about ways that people can easily address their audience, engage with their audience where their audience are, then podcasts at the moment are a very kind of timely industry to be involved in and, and helping people. And that's where sort of our relationship developed down that route. And here we are today. Well, that's great. And so I'm I'm calling from Houston and I'm guessing our listeners will find your accent to not be that of a, <laughs> of a Texan. Where is that accent from originally and how long have you been in the States? So originally from the UK, 
originally actually from Wales, but my accent definitely isn't Welsh. I've been been out of there for too long. In fact, it's slightly funny. Where we grew up was kind of within 12 miles of the border uh, with England, and my family is English. But the, the mountain, the closest mountain to us is about a mile away. And since I left left home many years ago now, my family moved to the other side of the mountain. So they're probably only about two miles away from where I grew up. But my sister, who lives in the same area still, when I talk to her, she her accent has turned very Welsh. So it's kind of one of those things where within a mile or two, I could be sounding quite different and oh. maybe difficult to understand sometimes when I get enthusiastic about a subject and find myself talking faster and, and enunciating less clearly. It, it's difficult sometimes for people to hear but believe me if i'd have been born or lived two miles in the other direction this might not be happening today because <laughs> it'd, <laughs> it'd be even worse because it'd be even worse yeah so i've been across i was in london for 15 years and then i've been in the u.s for three years now so homes up in pennsylvania just outside about an hour outside of philadelphia and then i'm often in the office which is down in central florida so Top up on the sunshine of Florida when Pennsylvania gets too cold at this time of year. Great. Well, welcome to welcome to the United States. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> so it was a long uh, process. <laughs> yes, I imagine. So we're going to talk about. So our clients sometimes will ask us about whether they'd be better off doing a video instead of just a pure audio. So do audio plus video. Because the assumption is that that would be twice as good because you could also then have a YouTube <laughs> channel. And on the surface, that seems to make a lot of sense. And But as we have explored this more, we just keep finding more and more drawbacks to using video. So why don't we first start by just kind of taking a step back and let's, talking, let's talk about the job of work of what we're even trying to do with the podcast in the first place. So why don't we start there? So from your perspective, how do you see the job of work of a podcast? What's its purpose? It's a great point. And it's something that's so easily overlooked because it's kind of one of those things where this is something, therefore I should do it rather than what am I trying to achieve? And is this the right tool for that job? So when we're talking about podcasting we're primarily talking about it as a as a marketing channel however however orchestrated you think about it in those terms we're still talking about businesses or organizations or individuals trying to engage with potential customers for a particular outcome so the job of work that we're trying to achieve is that engagement and it's not necessarily the job of work isn't necessarily entertainment. So we're not creating something which people are downloading and listening to because they want to be entertained. Hopefully there is an entertaining element of it. But the thing that we're trying to do is engage with those people who are likely to be customers in the future, share useful information with them so it builds the rapport and the relationship and moves the conversation forward. So I think if, when we think about it in those terms, it changes the it changes the dynamic, and with that dynamic change, the amount of effort that's put into it and where that effort is put in, and what gets you more bang for the buck as the producer in the outcome that you want. So again, the outcome here isn't that we're trying to win podcast awards for the most downloaded podcasts. It's that we're trying to engage that much smaller group of people who are likely to in some way do business with us in the future. So I think that point, when you then stop comparing the podcast that you're creating with a podcast from NPR or Joe Rogan, then it really takes the pressure off and makes it something much more likely that you're going to get out of the door and not either be bogged down by technical debt and overhead or, or or never put it out the door because you never feel it's good enough because you're comparing it to these other things where these other things are not only very different in their capability, you're unlikely to set up a five-person production team and and rent studio time to get all of this sorted out. But also in in terms of just understanding 
what you're really going to get out of it and, and why put this effort in at all. So that job of work question, what you're doing it for, I think is a very good, it's a very good starting point because it informs everything further down the track. And also, I mean, I was talking about it there in terms of engaging customers and it being a a marketing tool. But if you also just want to do this because you think it's going to be fun and it will give you opportunity to talk to people, then again, it's good to understand that because that will change. Then you you really don't care whether anyone listens to it at all because the the job of work is it it allows you to make introductions to other people that you want to talk to, not necessarily that anyone listens to it at the end of the day. Which obviously, hopefully, they do, but kind of changes mm-hmm. your take on it. Yeah, that's th- those are great points. And the other thing we also keep in mind is that the other job of work of the podcast is to have an excuse to send a regular email to your database that is not annoying. Right. right. <laughs> and, and I know this is one of the main reasons I started a podcast and I find a lot of our clients who tend to be in professional services are in the same boat. And the situation I was in was, you know, I had a database of 10,000 names, but I did not want to be annoying and I didn't want to send out like some, you know, silly newsletter that I, right. you know, that was pre-made that I could just slap my logo on. And I only wanted to send out really valuable content, but who has time to create really good content? So what I found was I emailed my database maybe once or twice a year. And when it was, and so the good news was, I think people paid attention because it was pretty rare. So the engagement rate was high, but I always knew in the back of my head that I really marketing 101 is to engage in a regular on a regular basis. So the primary reason I started the podcast was to have an excuse to send an email once a month to my database and to have that email I didn't need video in order to have to send an email. No, exactly. And when you think about the additional overhead for zero additional benefits, once you've defined the benefit that you're trying to get, the outcome as the ability to send an engaging, interesting email. So whether the end product there was audio or video, video makes absolutely zero difference to that. So all of the additional overhead to get that done but it not achieve or not further the goals that you've defined. It's such a, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it's definitely burning up a lot of, a lot of mental and financial cycles to achieve it without, without making the boat go any faster, without getting any more people to, without being able to send that email to any more people just because of there's a video component to it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Well, let's dive into some of the the drawbacks that we see by using video. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's easy to think of the benefits, but I'd like to talk about the drawbacks. So what are some of the drawbacks that come to mind for you for, for using video? Yeah, it, it's a great point because it really does. That idea of kind of burning extra cycles, whether they're kind of mental or emotional or, or financial, it really is the case that there is a cost to doing this, which might not necessarily get you any further, even if that cost was relatively low. So those overheads are really fall into, I guess, three main categories. So cost is the obvious one because it's such an extra headache to arrange the, the video element of it, because if nothing else, you need a camera. And although cameras are much cheaper these days than they were, say, five years ago, you've then got all of the extra things added to it. So a new camera, a new camera means more connections on the computer, so that might cause a problem. The camera is great, but then you probably need additional lighting to go with it, because if you've ever been on a Zoom call in the evening and you've got your screen shining in your face then that's not necessarily the face-tuned ghostly presence that you want to present to the world so now you're into more lights now you're into more more space if nothing else audio actually works well in a in a closet surrounded by clothes video on the other hand you need 
depth of field, you need distance away from the camera because otherwise it looks like you're on a webcam talking from your computer. So now we're getting into more space for the, the, the setting. So this idea of cost runaway, again, for limited benefit, it really does does accelerate kind of exponentially because it's, it's kind of like the joke of if you kind of buy if you're trying to convince yourself to buy a new car well that's fine but buying a new car is the, is the first point you've then got the the 20 things that you also need for it because now you might need uh a new set of snow tires to go with it because the wheel size is different and you might need to do something in the garage because it's now no longer fits in the same way and you know mm-hmm. spending more on car washes so this, this kind of runaway of, of overheads so that's the first thing and it's the most obvious and it's the it's the easiest one for people to understand the second one is the whole kind of preparation and setup because you've got this extra element you've got to think about so many additional things so i'm here it's uh, it's uh, wednesday morning up in pennsylvania it's it's pretty cold out today so i'm sat here bundled up with a uh, with a hoodie i haven't actually got around to i've got a beard anyway but i didn't kind of shave around the edges today to to smart myself up a little bit because no one's looking at me so that preparation and overhead for audio is way 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 less the thinking about the extra dynamic as i'm talking now i'm looking at the microphone as i'm talking or i'm looking out of the window the extra mental dynamic of looking at someone on the screen or remembering where your eye contact level needs to be most people using a a teleprompter type thing so the camera is off center off screen to wherever the the video is so if we were on on zoom or something now i'd be looking at you to the left and the cameras to the right so the eye contact is all off so that's another overhead and then thinking about the questions so as i'm talking now i'm looking down at a couple of notes i made when we were talking about what we were what the show was going to be about today you're probably doing the same so you've got all of these eye level issues which in produced video never come up because the production part of the process takes care of it all you've got jump shots between multiple cameras and you've got talent on screen that's very much used to being recorded for the guests you've got producers that are there hand holding the guests so all of these extra preparation things that are needed are create such an overhead and again all of these kind of resistance factors make it just far less likely that the thing will get done in the first place and even with the most enthusiastic start to a project three or four episodes in and this might well become too much of a too much an overhead Uh, so Mm -hmm. uh, so then the last one actually it it carries into the third element and that's the reluctance on the part of the guest because not only you as the as the person creating the show is the most likely person on the planet to jump through all of those hoops because you've got a vested interest in doing it. You guessed at the other end is far, far less likely to want to do it. So it's either going to be in a situation where you're going to have some technical problem at their end because they're not going to have the same setup as you. There might be a reluctance for them to do it at all if they know it's on video and the video is going to be broadcast because they're uncomfortable being on camera or just simply don't have the setup. Although, to be fair, that's less so these days with people getting more and more comfortable with Zoom, but it's still an overhead. And the difference, trying to level the differences in audio from one person to another is is a manageable job. Trying to level video so that it looks like it's... uh, that it's beneficial so it looks like it's balanced rather and there's there's some degree of production put into it it's all just such a such an overhead and then when you add in the guests um the guests constraints or what they're willing to do or what they're able to do it uh, it just really makes a difference i mean even down to bandwidth constraints so talking on audio I mean, even with the podcast, people can dial in on the phone, which is really the, the most simplest and straightforward way of doing it. But when even when you talk about bandwidth, the amount of times where we've had Zoom calls just talking to clients and there's been kind of stutters and interrupts because the, the person's bandwidth at the other end isn't fantastic or their, their computer is running Dropbox in the background and it's trying to sync huge files. So it's 
it starts mm-hmm. to stutter. So, so those three things, just pure costs overhead, the production and preparation overhead, and the reluctance from the the guest because it's it's just too much. It becomes too much of a of a headache, or, or too many things could go wrong. Without a yeah, very but- strong reason to do it. Yeah, those are three key. Well, and to just augment that third one that I was thinking of, so let's just say the guest was really enthusiastic and you know, but they recognize they didn't have a great setup. And they say, Hey, no problem. I'll just head over to your place. We'll just do it in person. (laughs) Right. 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 So now the physical problems become even worse on your end, right? Because now you can't really just be sitting at your desk. Now you need like two chairs and like you know a table, be- you know, you know, like a an end table kind of next to you. And yeah. you each have your cup of coffee and it's more like a like a TV talk show. And now you've got even more, you know, the lighting becomes even more significant. So you've got two people you're trying to light up and the location of everybody matters more and and then how do you do the microphoning right so everybody have yeah. a lapel microphone on or a or a headset and well and but you can't do a headset because it's a video right on an right. audio it doesn't matter how bulky your headset is and so you know then all of a sudden you you like and then and then like do they just come right into the studio or do you have like a green room for them? And then you're like, well, <laughs> if, if we're going to go to all that trouble, we might as well just rent studio space. Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like the studio space might be like in, in, you know, in kind of a busy business district. Right. And then there might be traffic getting there and then the people might have to pay $20 for parking. <laughs> and then are you going to reimburse them for the parking or make them pay their own parking? And like you said, it just keeps uh, escalating. Doesn't it? I think there was a, I think there was an article that talked about something like the NPR costs for a produced minute of podcasts. It might not have been NPR, but it was one of the main media outlets. And I think they were talking about, uh, I get the numbers wrong, but it was something crazy, like over $10,000 per produced minute of audio. And when you think about what happens in the traditional media sense, then you can quite quickly see how we get to that figure. Because just as you said, studio space, engineer time, three or four members of staff, all of the post-production work. I mean, it just really gets out of hand very quick. It's like the, so you and I have got a relationship in the book publishing side of the world as well. And it's the the same issue that we see there in that people say podcast and they think a certain set of, of parameters or expectations they say book and they think of a certain set of parameters and expectations but the reality is that if the final product that you're trying to sell is a book because you want to sell it for a price on amazon or a podcast because you want to sell advertising space then those expectations have to match the marketplace so the marketplace for books is like whatever the amazon bestsellers are i mean you compare with full-time authors the the production the advertising space for podcasts is these days i mean this wasn't the case five or six years ago but these days you're competing with the likes of npr so those expectations have to be matched if you're trying to get that outcome that's the world that you're playing in but what people forget is that the accessibility to the technology the ability to produce uh, to self-publish your own book to produce your own podcast and get 90% of the marketing benefit, 95% of the marketing benefit with only 5 to 10% of the cost. That's where the real opportunity lies because you can do 90 to 95% of all of these things to achieve all of those goals without all of that overhead. The, the, that last 5, 10% is really the thing that kills the projects because it's just impractical to try and, to try and meet mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing as well to think about is the, we talked about the job of work of the overall project. So why are you doing this in the first place and kind of tie back in the, the, the production overhead to that outcome. But there's also the, the job of work of the podcast itself. So a podcast, although there are video podcasts, but the uptake on video podcasts is, is it's negligible many podcast players or rather not all podcast players will support 
video playback, but audio playback is universally supported. And you also need to think about how people listen to it and where people listen to it. So video demands a certain amount of attention that audio doesn't. So I am constantly got podcasts playing as I'm working and doing things and I'll tune in and out of them. I'm not listening to every word of it, but they're playing in the background and uh, usually 1.5, 1.6 speed, which again, isn't something that's an option on or not practical option on video. Mm-hmm. So where is it? Once you've created this thing, if you created video, then where is it being, where is it being played? If YouTube's the only place that you're thinking it will be played or you're thinking about putting it on the website, well, the reality is the uptake on the website is going to be very, very small. So if you're doing it for SEO purposes to have more content on the page, then spending the money and getting the podcast transcribed so you've got all of that indexable uh, text content on the page, that cost is going to get far more bang for the buck than putting video up there, even with Google's ability to index video to certain degrees. But the the additional expense of a transcript is going to be much better spent money than the additional video being up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the video playback on the website, okay, so now you need to host it somewhere. So you're going to host it on YouTube, then you've got all of the ads around it, which make it a worse experience. So you can put it on Vimeo or Wistia, now you're into additional hosting costs. Are you just going to make it available on those platforms? Are you just going to make it available on YouTube or well, YouTube's really the only game in town because Vimeo as a as a kind of native player doesn't have that much of an audience. And the audience that it does have is definitely not for podcasts. It's for more kind of indie production of of like created video. So okay, so now we're back to YouTube. Okay, so if the job of work is or if one of the job of work is that you want to put it on YouTube, then what's a better way of doing that? Is it to just have like an audiogram type approach and maybe just take snippets of the podcast, like the highlights and put those up as short audiograms. Is it just having the audio up there with a video overlay and the text over it, like the subtitle text? Is it one of the things that might be worthwhile doing if you're, if you definitely know that you want video and that video, when we think about the channels that it can be used in, okay, it could go on your website, but YouTube really is the only other place where you're going to get organic traffic. So in that case, then all of the overheads that we talked about, all of the production overheads and the headaches that come along with trying to get good produced video, you can kind of skip that and bypass it and have the video as a behind the scenes. So just use the audio track that you're recording the audio and stick a webcam in the corner of the room if you just want to film you or if you're on zoom, just literally use the zoom feed, but position it as a behind the scenes look, not that that you're producing, not that you're creating produced, polished, edited video. It's the, the video is the behind the scenes look at the podcast that was recorded because that way you take out so much of the of the over the expectation overhead of creating something produced now it's kind of like a gonzo behind the scene native look at how we recorded it which actually goes some way to creating a little bit more rapport with the audience because they kind of it's a peek behind the curtain they're kind of looking on the inside so it actually does a good job of doing that as well but But so that's all all over the place yeah, but there's still, you made me realize there's still more overhead though, because so now imagine you're telling somebody about your podcast, like that you've just met and uh, maybe they're a potential client and you think that you know, your content will be interesting to them and you're telling them about it. Well, if you just tell them about the podcast, you only have to say, yeah, just go to your podcast player. And even if they're not familiar with it, you can just say, Hey, you know, give me your, you know, hand over your phone. I'll show you where the app is. Like, you know, in 30 seconds, you can get them up and running. But, but now let's say that you said them, Oh yeah. And it's also on YouTube. We have both a podcast and on YouTube, but by the way, don't get your expectations too high on the YouTube because you know, it's not, you know, high quality production. It's just a behind the scenes look. So now you have the burden of having to explain that (laughs) you've got kind of subpar video quality, right? So there's the burden of having to set the stage 
uh, with yeah. it. And then the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, I've got, I've over the last six months, I've become kind of an avid YouTube watcher. And some of the YouTubes, you know, also have corresponding podcasts. And what I find is that the, the, when they have both, I'm less likely to consume either one because what will happen <laughs> is I'll think, I'll think, oh, you know, this sounds like a really good episode. I want to go ahead and watch the video version of this. Okay. But, you know, I'm going out for a run, so I can't really watch video. And the video is kind of small on my phone. So I'd rather watch it on my iPad. And, you know, I keep my iPad in my office. So I'm going to listen to a different audio only podcast intentionally because I have this this you saving idea. it for a special yeah. occasion. <laughs> right. I'm saving it for a special occasion. And it's like that Seinfeld episode where Jerry talks about future Jerry. You know, that's why he could stay <laughs> drinking all night. So it wasn't his problem. It was future Jerry's problem. Or he couldn't <laughs> afford the car today, but he would get it no payments for a year because future Jerry was going to have lots of money. It's like the same thing. <laughs> That like yeah. future Dave is going to have plenty of time to sit around and watch all these YouTube videos. Right. So, so I think, so in summary, you're actually causing a burden on the listener, just like when you go to the grocery store and there's a hundred shampoos for sale, right? You'd, you'd really prefer if they curated like the three best and they just, and that's all they had. Yeah. And so it's the same thing that so. you're. Yeah, you're giving them more choice, which creates more, like one more decision they have to make. So what do you think of that? I think it's a, it's a great point. And it's it's a lot of people look at things the wrong way around. It's the kind of build it and they will come type mentality of, you said when we started the call, people will talk about video because it's something more to do and more is better. Well, that's definitely and usually not the case if you've got a very strong case for it so let's say i'm trying to kind of put the counterpoint and think about a very valid reason for doing for doing video um and the fact that i'm struggling so much kind of indicates that i don't think it's a valid reason for 99 percent of the people but let's say you had a very engaged audience so you had a list already of people who you were talking to you were doing the audio version of the podcast on the audio version of the podcast, you had an easy way for people to follow up and learn more about the, the subject that you're talking about. So let's say you niche it down to, well, let's take us as an example. So we've got on the, um, within the podcast, within the podcasting stories world, all of our guests, it's a single subject podcast. We're talking about people who create podcasts and the benefits and the value that they get from it. So on the website, we've got the podcast scorecard, which has kind of eight mindsets to, to kind of position your podcast. And we've got a, another document called the 50 benefits of having a podcast, which just lists out a whole load of, of benefits. So on the audio episodes and the emails that go out and in the show notes, we've got a way of collecting collecting leads for people who aren't on the list already because we know we want to collect the details to start that conversation. Each of the episodes has a, a way that people can find out more and without too many steps, there's an easy way for people to get on the list. So let's say that you were in the same situation. You had a podcast that was up and running. You were comfortable with that process. It was, there was low overhead to you creating it and to the guests being on the show. You've got a pretty robust way of emailing out to the, to the list to announce the new episode. Maybe you're publishing it to social media, to LinkedIn as well. That behind the scenes view of saying to people okay well we've got the website where the podcast is there's there's a camera in the corner of the room there's video there as well we put that video on youtube the youtube video links back to the podcast episode and there's some clear notes at the top of the the youtube description saying subscribe to the show over here so that there's not a there's no expectation you're not having to position it you never really mention it if someone asks about the podcast you never point them to the video stuff the video stuff that you're doing is only an accessory benefit to kind of build the rapport with people a little bit more. It's this behind the scenes view and an opportunity to, to 
stick some video on the website because it might it might look better but in addition to all of the other stuff so that we know that the other stuff the audio stuff the transcript the the opportunity for people to opt in in an easy way to get on the list all of those things are the primary benefits the video is then just a nice extra to have and if the cost of doing that is virtually zero then it might be worthwhile but don't kid yourself to think that this is really making the boat go faster this is making any tangible difference to the business outcome it's just that it's an additional thing and thinking about it that way around so the whole job of work of the video is a very low cost way just to build rapport with people a little bit on the show pre-flight when the camera is running the thing that you post to youtube you might kind of wave at the audience and say okay welcome everyone who's uh, watching the video we're going to go live in three two one and then the audio cuts in but it's just p- positioning it or thinking about it as a very very different job of work and and it's it's way 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 down the chain of here's the all the valuable things to do first this is something to do afterwards if if at all which for most people it isn't <laughs> Yeah, and you talk about making the boat go faster, and you made me think of an of an analogy. I, I I love analogies. So imagine somebody is like an avid podcast listener, but for whatever reason, they really don't have much YouTube familiarity, and so they have their podcast, and you know, and and they're you know they they're producing their own podcast, and then they happen somebody sends them a link for a YouTube video, and so they go watch the YouTube video, and they go, oh my god. Like, that's awesome. Like, I should add this capability. It's a little bit like the person who doesn't have a, who doesn't own a boat, who goes on vacation or holiday in in your country, and and they go on vacation (laughs) and they rent a boat for a day and they say, oh my God, it's awesome being on a boat all day. We should go buy a boat. Because if, if, if we liked, <laughs> if we liked looking at it, so it's kind of the same way that on the surface, you're like, yeah, it, it seems like a good idea. But the reason that people say the two happiest days of boat ownership are the day you buy it and the day you sell it <laughs> is because when you make that decision, you, you really are, are c- totally underestimating the additional burden, the overhead, the right. cost, the time. You know, all of a sudden when you're on vacation and you're done with the boat, you just dropped it off at the dock, got your stuff. Yeah. And, and have to think about it again. Yeah. Now you've got, when you come back, you have to dock it. You've got to clean it. You have to, you know, whatever you do at the end of it. Uh, and if it's going to be in the water a while, maybe you have to pull it out of the water and then you have to, you know, wash it and clean it real good. You know, then you have to go, you know, put it on the trailer and go store it someplace and then you have to pay for the storage. So I, I think, what do you think of that analogy that if you think, if you think, if you have a, a podcast and you think having a, a, a YouTube channel is a good idea, then think about it like a boat, right? It's like renting a boat and then deciding to own a boat. So yeah, what do you it's, think of that exactly. analogy? Yeah, exactly. It comes back to that job of work. If the job of work is you want to be a boat owner and get in there with all of the overheads, then just be honest with yourself and say, okay, I'm doing this because I want to f- I want to walk up and down the dock and and wear the hat and have everyone call me captain. <laughs> right. It's not necess- it's not making any meaningful business outcomes or in the in the vacation analogy, it's not making the family feel better about the quality time you're spending together because you're not. You're down there by yourself sorting out all of the problems with a boat. Right. And I talk with some authority. My brother's a yacht broker and and has worked on yachts for 15 years. So <laughs> kind of one degree of separation. I know that ownership means 90% headache and, and 10% relaxation. The the job of work of 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 having the podcast, the outcome if the job of work is you just want to play around with the video editor and and twiddle the dials of of the production, then again, just be honest about that. If the job of work is an outcome, is moving people towards a conversation that that helps you help them, the video is not necessarily there. I mean, it's not that it's a terrible idea by any means, but there are better ideas that that are less expensive and and have better outcomes. It's yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, YouTube's huge, so I mean, it would be silly to stand here and say 
that it's it it doesn't work because clearly it does but it's just the job of work and the overheads and the elements particularly in this conversational context because the the reason for us jumping on the call and talking about it is because podcast clients or potential podcast clients are talking about using video it's not that the marketing clients are talking about using video or how they can best use video in their business. It, it's specifically related to the podcast stuff. And again, just making the making the point that there's a very large overhead for very low kind of marginal improvements. That's the context that we're talking about. It's yeah, just like just like the boat. If someone said, I want to be a boat owner, then owning a boat might be a good idea. If someone says, I want to have a fantastic, relaxing time on holiday on vacation then buying a boat <laughs> really doesn't contribute to that outcome at all mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 exactly right so yeah you have i think my interest in 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 having a podcast oh i know what i was going to say i was thinking about because everybody who wants a video podcast there's always one podcast they reference one show they reference right <laughs> and it is Joe Rogan. Right. But when you think about like the top 10 podcasts, like that come to mind for me are like the Tim Ferriss show, you know, some of the NPR shows, you know, how I built this with Guy Raz, some of these different ones. And these award-winning ones don't have video. Right. Like, I mean, I know the Tim Ferriss show really well. And to the best of my knowledge, he does not have a video component. And so that's the other piece too, is if you consider Joe Rogan an outlier, then even if you're aspiring to be NPR class, they're not using video because, and and maybe it's because they fully appreciate the extra burden that the video brings, right? Because these are professionals and they have professional recording studios and sound engineers. They recognize that it adds it just makes it exponentially more complicated. Yeah. I think the whole term video podcast is an, it's like a technical quirk of history in that the RSS feed technology that kind of supports podcasts underneath the fact that you post a file somewhere and the RSS feed push or it's pushed out into the feed and then podcast players, monitor those feeds and pick up the file it's a bit of a technical quirk that it started off as audio because audio were much smaller files it was much more manageable and then as technology advances and bandwidth capabilities and and processes feeds can deal with video uh, or video compression gets better so video files become an option so the fact that an rss feed can pick up one type of file audio and then it can pick up another type of file video it's kind of like well, the technology is there, so it can do it. So let's update the standard so it will do it. But it's not necessarily the best idea for it. There's no kind of, it's not a use case driving the technology. It's just the technology turning on something else and their, their use case then pops up. So it's a bit of a bit misnomer. The Tim Ferriss example you mentioned is a really good one. And I think that is the way that people would be better suited to think about it. The podcast is audio. Just think about the podcast as audio. There's a, Tim, the Tim Ferriss show used to, I don't think they used to use video at all. When they used to do Skype years and years ago, I think that was just audio. But now with the Zoomification of the world, people are much more comfortable with using Zoom and it's just the thing that gets turned on. So I have seen a couple of YouTube short, like excerpts of the show where they've got the, um, where they've got the Zoom call on YouTube. So it's not the whole episode. It's not presented as the as the podcast on YouTube. It's just a YouTube video on his channel, which has an excerpt of from the podcast, because there's a little short clip mm-hmm. that where the guest is mainly speaking, kind of elaborating on a particular point. And that as a standalone piece of media works pretty well. So again, I mean that's not a zero overhead because of all the things that we talked about before, the fact that you're still recording video and still all of the overheads that we talked about. But if you do happen to record 
use Zoom as the medium to get the audio, so therefore you do have the video, then forget about thinking of something as a as a video podcast. Instead, think about it, oh, as an organization, as the media department in my organization, I've now got some video, and within that video, there are excerpts of it that are kind of like golden nuggets. It might be worth putting those golden nuggets out. But even in that context, that is still not a zero cost game. There's still, it's a surprising pain in the neck going through to clip out the relevant bits and then kind of um, top and tail that maybe with something that's suitable for YouTube and getting it up. So it's not that it's zero cost, but I think that's a better way of thinking about a video and not even a video component. Just separately, you happen to now have some video with some, interesting stuff on it do something different with that Mm -hmm. and i think of uh, there's a stat that i i seem to recall that says like the average duration of engagement with a youtube video is less than a minute and a podcast is like more than 10 minutes so if you think about that 10 to 1 ratio you know maybe that's part of what's behind tim having snippets and that's also why that if, if what you're trying to get out to the world are really just like two-minute snippets, then maybe you shouldn't have a podcast and just have a YouTube channel where you just, you know, put a camera on you and you just have a little snippet. Uh, yeah. Even there, though, when you think about the ability to create that content, like if we were talking on Zoom now, apart from the fact that I'm staring out the window as I'm talking, so not really looking at the camera, which doesn't make it that compelling for video. Right. But if we were recording this, this ability to have a conversation and within this within this conversation there are maybe well, <laughs> I just realized what I was going to say. I was going to say within this conversation, there's maybe two or three interesting bits. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't quite mean it that way. There are two or three snippets that were worth extracting the highest value of all of this valuable content that we're creating, the highest value bits we can extract them and take out. Doing that on having that as excerpts from a longer call, which is the podcast, is a very easy way to create that type of content. So if you do have a strategy that says, okay, putting something on YouTube is worthwhile, then having it as a derivative part of the podcast that was recorded, if you happen to be recording it with video, which as we say is has overheads, then that's an easy way to create it rather than thinking to yourself, okay, we've got a a strategy over here where we want to create a podcast. And then we've got a different strategy over here where we want to get something on YouTube and therefore for the YouTube stuff, need to recreate this whole other stuff. Anytime where you can have that kind of that, that synergy or that economy of scale of creating multiple channel resources from the one seed bit of, of material that is a that's an economy of scale that that's a leverage opportunity mm-hmm. so i but guess different job of works yeah and i guess there is one way that you could have use have a youtube channel in addition to your podcast that the burden would be less and you have shared this idea before where if you just said, hey, YouTube is another channel we want to take advantage of with the least amount of overhead, then the solution there is you just have like a still picture of yourself, right? Like a headshot. Yeah. And then you just basically rebroadcast the audio. Yeah. Now that approach is more doable, isn't it? And that might make more sense if somebody's just saying, hey, I was just looking at the YouTube listener stats and I want to make sure I'm I'm participating in that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it's easy to do because you, you've actually gotten away. There's pretty much no video component to it. So have like the, the album art. There's a load of audiogram bits of software. Now, audiograms are typically designed to be a little bit shorter, but there are audiogram software that will overlay a video component over an audio file so you can imagine where you're recording it like we have now just in audio and then we get the image of the show art and we stick it into an audiogram tool that gives the little um, graphic equalizer type display over the top of it just so there's some kind of Mm -hmm. visual component you could send the file out to get subtitled or YouTube will do its own subtitling again, just so there's something dynamically moving on the screen. All of those things are a much easier way of, of doing it. 
I think kind of as we've been talking, I was thinking about what I would suggest to someone if someone was saying, okay, here's a thousand dollars, tell me what to do, but I definitely need some video component to it. Then what I would be tempted to do is just think about the podcast as an audio podcast. Some of the guests or over time, you might be able to film. And by film, I probably mean Zoom. So some people... The default is it's just audio. People dial into the podcast and you talk in audio because it's the lowest barrier to entry. Some people, because of the Zoomification of the world, will just be happy doing that on Zoom. The podcast element and and like the default for all of it remains just audio. So we're sending the audio out. The next tier up would be doing, just you were talking about there, the kind of audiogram element. So for every podcast that released, I definitely want to put it on YouTube as well. So therefore, I'm just going to have this still image of the album art with the audiogram over the top of it and subtitles just to give some visual reference. But then knowing that maybe one in 10 episodes, I'm going to get some video out of it because we're going to happen to do it on Zoom. And of those one in 10 episodes, Within that, I'm going to get two or three, five, ten-minute snippets that are really standalone pieces. Then I would take those individual elements and put those on the YouTube channel and put those on social media as and when they happen to come up. So rather than giving myself the overhead of having to do video video for all of it, instead just think, okay, we're going to do it as audio we're going to do the audiogram option to Skype to to Skype to YouTube, and then as and when it happens, the the stars align. So I happen to have some good good visual content. Then I'm just going to exit that and then broadcast that into all the relevant channels. Now I'm just I'm just going to have to interrupt you there. Like you're making my head hurt now because like <laughs> because it's like even this quote simple approach, right? There's still the complexity of which episodes do you do? And I'm just imagining like, even if one of our you know clients says, yeah, I listened to your episode and boy, you, you sold me on not doing a uh, video, but then right at the end, you had this, you know, YouTube audiogram approach and like, yeah, I think that sounds great. Well, now I'm just thinking about all of the communication back and forth with the client, right? Yeah, that, that it's just, Go ahead. Yeah, it, it is definitely like none of this is a zero cost by any means. And even to do the simple approach is still, I mean, not as expensive, not like $10,000 per produced minute, that type of level, but it's it's definitely not zero. And there's a certain amount of, it's like driving a stick shift. Like everyone in the autos aren't that common in the UK. Everyone pretty much learns to drive stick. So you see cars outside of the learning center kind of kangarooing down the road for the first couple of weeks oh, people right. get used to driving so the thought of if you put a new driver in a car and said okay well every third journey you can eat a sandwich and do your makeup and drink a coffee <laughs> that would be a messy bit of the road for the people in those early stage of learning but once you've been driving for 10 years then you can probably do that and take a phone call and I've seen I've seen people reading the newspaper driving down the <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't recommend that. So that that last idea, I mean, was kind of coming from the point of view of if you said on pain of death, I absolutely have to include video, and that would be the simplest way of doing it. But you're right, that is absolutely coming from the point of view for someone who's been creating and producing podcasts for seven years. So all of the manual uh, subconscious shifting gears that I don't have to think about it means that it's I, I it the other the extra elements of eating the video sandwich kind of pops into mind as as something at the conscious level where the subconscious has all been taken care of. But yeah, well, yeah, well, and like you think it. about it, we tell our clients that you know we recommend they start with one episode a month, and right. it'll take about an hour a month of their time. Okay. And then, so imagine if we are talking to a client and they say, okay, I think I'm interested in this and I have three hours a month to commit to this project. So what are we going to do? And you say to them, okay, so either you can do one podcast and this YouTube redirect a month, or you can do three audio only podcasts for the same three hours. Because that's yeah. probably about right when you factor in like the back and forth and more decisions to make, and, yeah, you know, yeah, more definitely. prep time. Yeah. And I think when you put it that way, I can't imagine any of our clients 
picking the one episode with the the some YouTube component as opposed to right. just maximize you know doing more podcast episodes. Yeah, it would be absolutely ridiculous for anyone to pick anything apart from do more of the podcast stuff. Yeah, because so I mean, there's all- just no way. There's no way that. I mean, three hours, like I say, the additional overhead, the, the additional mental overhead of adding those other channels, it's going to burn more cycles than that. You can definitely do three podcasts easily because it's it's two more of the thing that you're already doing and the process is already set up and it and it's pretty streamlined. Doing the other one is going to be significantly more mental effort. And the results that you're going to get, sending out three times the three times the benefit of getting that message out there. You said something at the start, I forget what it was exactly, but it was something along the lines of people not wanting to send out newsletters because they aren't, they don't see the value in what they're sending out and then they don't want to burden people with it. So they'll send out one or two a year, but the likelihood of you interacting with a, a potential client twice, twice a year on the day that they happen to be, waiting for an email from you i mean that's right that's non-existent so really what you're looking to do is sending out an, a message once a week hopefully then you'll interact you'll intersect three times a year with someone where they were saying oh you know dave has the ice disc business i've been we've been thinking about doing a disc thing for ages on this one particular day hey dave's message arrived on the on the on the day that i'm thinking about it so let me reply and start this conversation as opposed to just doing the much less frequent option and hoping that you happen to land on their desk the day that they've got some attention to do it so yeah definitely if you've got you'd have to have a pretty convincing argument to say that the youtube approach was worth more than just doing more podcasts yeah, and I think that's I think that's our conclusion is that <laughs> yeah. because the price of everything is the opportunity cost. And I think if we right. presented it as, you know, if you envision like a table and your options are if you want so here's what it translates to, and it's like all the same time. So you can have ten podcasts audio only, you can have three podcasts with this kind of scaled down YouTube approach, or you can have one podcast with video that ends up being put on to YouTube. If you think about it that way, and probably from our end, it's probably going to be about the same cost. It's probably going to cost them about the same amount of money for you know each of those three options. Right. I think that's really the way to look at it. It's not, would I like video and would video be cool? The question is, is is the video value a multiple of that over audio only? And I think right. when you position it that way, then I think the decision becomes more obvious. And again, if somebody like used to be like in, in TV and they kind of miss being on the camera or, you know, or they have just some intangible reasons to want to do it. Right. Or maybe maybe it's a it's a it's a single chap and he's he's wanting to interview other single ladies and he's going to use his video as a as a way to increase his dating odds, right? But it's a right. totally different conversation. Different, yeah, yeah. Different, different job, job of work. work. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, exactly. well boy, I can't believe how the time has flown by. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Any any closing thoughts? So I think that's the bottom line is if you want to do video, recognize there's a cost. And all things being equal, the cost is going to be you'll do fewer podcasts. You'll have fewer audio-only podcasts. And if it's worth it to you that much that you're willing to have substantially fewer episodes of your podcast but still spend the same amount of money, then you know, we're happy to talk about it further. But I've, you've pretty much convinced me that, that I don't want to add video anytime soon. Yeah, no, exactly. If you've got that additional money or efforts, mental effort to to burn, to, willing to to sacrifice, then I've got ten more strategies that are going to have much better outcomes than video. So, if if you want to spend more and invest more, then talk to us, and we'll come up with we'll share some much better ideas than video. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, well, Stuart, thank you for your time. Uh, and I think our listeners and especially our clients will really uh, probably enjoy uh, listening to this. So fantastic. 
Yeah. Well, well thanks. And go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if that we've just finished up by saying that there are other ways that will make the boat go faster if if you're looking for them. So, I mean, definitely drop us a, an email either to me or Dave individually, or just reach out to the concierge at your podcast.team address. And, and we've got lots of ideas of things that are much more valuable than, than video is. So always happy to talk about it as the last hour demonstrates. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Stuart. You have a great day. Uh, you too. Thanks, Dave. Bye. And there we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at www.podcastingstories.com. This podcast is brought to you by your podcast team. If you have ever considered having your own podcast, head over to www.yourpodcast.team to learn more about how they can help you. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.